seriously popular. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com In today's episode, are our top players really tired already? Has Daniel Levy finally found a Spurs boss he can trust? And can you name United's second choice goalkeeper? I'm Ian Ladyman. I'm Chris Sutton. And it's all kicking off. Chris, absolutely massive win for Arsenal. Can they win the Premier League now? Blimey, you've had all weekend to think about a question and your, your question. <laughs> That's my best question. Can, can Arsenal win the Premier League? Yes, <laughs> yes, they can win the Premier League. I don't think they can. Um, I, no, I don't think they will, but that wasn't the question. Um I think in, in terms of psychologically, that seemed to be a, a big hurdle. I think Manchester City had won the previous 12 Premier League games against Arsenal. So a big hurdle. Arsenal won it in, in an ugly fashion, but it was a big three points. And maybe within the dressing room, that will give the team a bit of belief that they can do it. But uh, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought they'd be getting overexcited at this stage. Yeah, you're not buying it. I can tell. I can tell. And I don't think I'm buying it either. But what I will say is, that, I mean, the Emirates is becoming a ground where the atmosphere can take Arsenal to a, a new level now. That place mm. has been transformed in the last couple of years. It, it really has. I agree with that. Um, it was a poor game, though. It was a really, really poor game. I think it was quite appropriate that it was won by a shot, hit somebody straight in the face <laughs> yeah. and then went into the goal. I think they had one shot on target each. Um, but Arsenal won't care about that. Uh, Mikel, Mikel Arteta, whose name I can never pronounce, said before, after the game that he'd used that poor Arsenal record as motivation uh, before the game. I tend to think things like that are pretty much bull, but he seems to buy into it. Did you as a player? So why do you, why do you think that that's bull? Because Which, players want to win every game, don't they? Why should it matter that they've lost the previous 12? They just want to win every game. Is it not as simple as that? Um, but I mean, we aren't we aren't in the Arsenal dressing room, partly to what Mikel Arteta says. So you know, if it if he's saying it motivates his players, who are we to really? Does it, did it argue motivate with that? you? Uh, did it motivate me? Did did managers motivate me with their speeches at times? Yeah. Did they stick things on the wall? Did they remind um, you of things that other people had said about you to to get you going? Um, they they didn't need to remind me about what people had said about me as nasty journalists like you who. Uh, who I, I never really bothered about, uh, but, but maybe would get me going a little bit. You did used to stick things on your kitchen wall. You did, didn't you? <laughs> yes, you never. To... You certainly would have been on there. The, the, the best journalist I would have had. <laughs> you used to stick things on your kitchen wall. I, I, I did. I, I think you. nobody likes criticism. You don't like criticism. Nobody likes criticism. I, I think that you can... You can uh, one can use criticism 
as a motivation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You gave you Do three, you? I've just given you three opportunities to deny the fact that you used to stick things on the kitchen wall and you've you've ignored each opportunity. Now, mm. there was a bus stop, at what we like to call a bus stop in our trade mm. at full time. That wasn't a bus stop. The, um, stop playing everything. You don't come on the show to play everything down. You're supposed to rev it up. Um, <laughs> the Arsenal set piece coach, Nicholas Hover. What is that? Had, well, what is that indeed? Had a row with Kyle Walker as Walker left the field, Yova used to work at City. The two people would know each other. Sore losers, City? I mean, what, well, we, but what, First sorry, of all, I, we, I, we don't know what was well, said. I, no, but I do know what I saw, which, <laughs> which was that... Yeah, you don't know what was said. Which was that Walker refused Yova's handshake. That is what I did Maybe see. Yova, Yova may have said something so to him. So are they sore losers or is this, or is this a... Well, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what was said. So, you know, it, it's very difficult to comment if there was an insult thrown or, you know, we, we don't know if it was a sort of get it up your Kyle, then he was right to, right to react. But, you know, we don't know. What, 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 what do we know? Manchester City have been serial winners over the last uh, three, three years in the Premier League and, and sort of longer overall and they don't like losing. Show, show me... I mean, show me a bad loser and I'll show you a loser. Oh, good. Sorry. Show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. I'm, I was a loser when I said that. I'm with you on that. Uh, so that's the kind of it's something that Roy Keane often kind of uh, parrots on television about. He thinks football's got too friendly, too much mm. kind of shirt swapping. All that. I think I can't, I get, I think I'm with him a little bit on that. I think you should feel pretty yeah. hacked off when you've just lost a game like that. Yeah. I, I never used to. I mean, I. <laughs> There is a little bit of hypocrisy there, but the the shirt swapping thing about players asking for shirts. I mean, there's stories about players asking for certain uh, player shirts at half yeah, time absolutely. or 15 minutes, you know, towards the ends of games, and players focusing on that rather than focusing on actually the game. I I, I didn't get that one. Mostly, I say mostly in my career, I wouldn't swap shirts when I'd lost. I used to go off in a half. Was that because nobody was asking? <laughs> that's, that's, no, 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 that's I, nasty. That's quite nasty yeah, from you. Maybe true. And I understand that. And whenever we talk about shirt swapping, I can't get that image of Ronaldinho, the great Brazilian, having your shirt in a box in his attic somewhere in, uh, really? in Sao Paulo. Golden boot winner, yeah. Premier League. No, I, I a, that's yeah, correct. In, okay. on his mantelpiece. Yeah. Respect, respect, respect um, for that. Now, tunnel bust-ups, as we like to call them in our trade, when when we get wind of one, and when it, one finds its way onto the back pages, onto the home page of our of Mail Online, we get very excited. Happens about once or twice a season. I suspect they probably happen quite often, and we don't well, find out. Well, I, I I don't think that they do much anymore. Not proper bust ups because they have cameras in the tunnel True. right now, so I don't think they happen anymore. And I I think players are aware of that, and and maybe staff are, are aware of that. I think, you know, back in the good old days, they were pretty regular I bet you did occurrences. Back um, well, I ran off from Keown, didn't I, when he tried to attack me, the thug, at, uh, at, 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 at Arsenal, where uh, they got angry, blamed me for, uh, for not getting a Champions League place, and Blackburn Rovers scored late on against them. Um, did you actually run away from Keown? Uh, I, I, I legged it up the tunnel. He tried to get in the dressing room after me, um, but I'd locked myself in the toilet, so... Yeah, I did. Superb. Um, I would have rather ripped his head off thinking about it, but there were other Arsenal players after me as well. (laughs) Sore losers, bad losers. Keown was in the press box at Arsenal yesterday, and I have to say he he is a 
was going to say minor celebrity. He's a full-on celebrity. He's an egomaniac. High-fiving, high shaking hands, selfies, selfies. Would you want, well, I mean, really, of all the sort of... All the players out there, you know, from, from yesteryear, is Keon the one you'd go for for a selfie? It's like having a selfie with Frankenstein, isn't it? I was going to say that. That was what you messaged me yesterday, and I wasn't going to say that, but you've said it. you said it now, so fair enough. <laughs> it's so, true. Sorry, Martin. Would, you, would you want the selfie with Keon? Sorry, Martin, but he's, uh, he said it. Now, um, one of the big debates of the, of the first half of yesterday's game, it kind of it fizzled out a little bit afterwards because Arsenal won the, the game. But how did Kovacic stay on? Two fouls, one on Odegaard, one on Rice. Both were certain yellows. Only one was punished by a yellow. The one that was punished by a yellow could have been punished by Sub- a red. Subjective calls. Hmm? Subjective yeah, calls. Yeah, absolutely. So, but the wrong ones, don't um, you think? I thought the first one... <laughs> I thought the first one, a yellow, was just just about. I understand the arguments. I mean, you, I, I think you tweeted, didn't you? Off the floor, out of control. Yeah. But I mean, every tackle's off the floor, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Well, well, it well just well, by, one leg, by definition, both. but but you're off the floor. One leg. So that both. was a, that was a strange well, sort one of leg, tweet. Well, you, yeah, but you're off. Every tackle is off off the floor, essentially, isn't you can it? Tackle someone with one leg still on the ground, can't you? Oh, you but you but you. T- <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why you didn't make it. Um, so, look, I, I, I think it was a strong challenge. I, I quite like the way Michael Oliver refereed right. it. I, I thought that I think Kovacic should have been sent off for the second one for stupidity more than anything else yeah. because he, you know, he actually launched into it, didn't he? The second one. I, I don't think he caught Declan Rice, uh, you know, severely. Declan Rice went to ground. Uh, so you know, it, it was a it was a really stupid thing to do, and I think then everybody was thinking, well, Pep's got to hook Kovacic off. It might be to do with this with this issue of there having to be a higher threshold for a second yellow card, and I think if it is that, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. A yellow card is a yellow card. I mean, so Bruno Gamera's um, the West Ham Newcastle game gets booked. Another foul ninety seconds later didn't get booked for the second. That was clearly because the two tackles were made in quick succession. That's nonsense. That should that, that mm. should be that should have nothing to do with it. Yeah, the a foul is the, a foul. The, yeah, the, the threshold thing. I know you wrote that in your um, in, in your column. Good column as it was. Um, that that is mad. How, how do you how do you measure that threshold? As you say, a, a foul is a foul. A yellow card is a yellow card. So how do you you know viewing it differently and with all the pressure on referees? That's just making things worse isn't it it's like a yellow card is a yellow card you know yellow card offense is a yellow card offense so how do you how do you how do you judge that on a scale so that's where i think referees are put under or officials are put under unnecessary pressure with with, yeah, with stuff and like I, that what it does that it enables them to um, exert a little bit of uh, their own kind of compassion you might say yeah. feeling or common sense which in, it's on paper is a good thing, but actually that leads them into trouble because then they're accused of not, impl- uh, like which they are being by me, by me now, they're accused of not applying the rules mm. properly. I just think it should be hard and fast. A yellow's a yellow. It doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds after the first yellow or an hour, as far as I'm concerned. I, do you know what? I don't know anybody who would disagree with that. Now, e- even re- even referees. Very quickly, Howard Webb is going to go on TV on uh, Tuesday for his, the second episode of the Miked Up show where Good. he's going to explain the referee's decision. I don't want it. I don't want <laughs> it. The referee's decision is final as far as I'm concerned. I don't need to hear it all explained. This is just so going to you, make you things... Don't, you don't... So you, you, know, you know everything about refereeing, It's going to make things worse for referees. They're going to be hung, drawn and quartered live on television as far as I'm concerned. I just... So, it, so, it, so it, explain that then. So... Um, 
so in, in my view, referees uh, coming out and and somebody um, you know like Howard Webb, who you know essentially is controlling everything, you know, is controlling the referees, coming out and explaining uh, decisions and referees' thought process. Do you know what? I actually think that the the the, the public. Uh, will have greater sympathy for referees and seeing it from their perspective. I think it's a really, really good thing. So there is that understanding there because at this moment in time, with what's gone on this season, there's 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 a real lack of understanding. So I, I think it's a really, really positive thing. And I, I don't get, you know, your sort of caveman attitude that, that it, how, how can it be a bad the thing? The motive is transparency and, I, and that's a laudable motive. What right. I fear... Is that, it, is that it will expose referees to even more scrutiny than they're already under. Uh, as far as I'm concerned... So you don't... When, so you, you mistakes, do, you, you, you're not mad on transparency, When then. they make mistakes, they should they should be reviewed by their peers within the profession, try to get better, move on. Not, not um, re- Hang on a minute. Not reviewed by an expert, a former referee, yeah, but not some, live somebody on who has great credibility within in not, the game. Not live on television for the world. Pep Guardiola says that man, his Man City team are tired. He said it two uh, or three times uh, in the last... <laughs> you're tired. Um, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I was on EasyJet last night me. to Gatwick and then had to get a bloody coach to the terminal, which, you know, so I was I was tired. Taxi up today and you you were in London yesterday and swanned in late. My taxi got I'm, stuck in traffic I'm, I'm tired of people being late. Yeah, My, you're, you're, my taxi, are, you, can't, you can't travel on the are tube. You for, are you of the kind of Alan Shearer... Uh, view which to be uh, what is it to be early is on time to be on time is to be late and to be late is to be out of order is that where you can my my dad used to go berserk if anybody was late for anything so i've always always been one of those where you've got to be early it's noted noted if your dad said it i think we stick with that one now perhaps those city it's too tired what's all that about Uh, i i can't I can't believe he said it. I mean, it, I, and I don't want to turn into you, morph into you, and sort of, you know, sound like somebody who's outdated and you know, and a caveman. But you think about the size of the Premier League squads now. If you go, if you go back in time, I think uh, Bob Paisley's Liverpool won a European Cup, won a won a league. Um, championship and I think they played 62 games mm. that season a squad of 17 players 284 days you 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 think about heavy that pitches. yeah heavy pitches you know just got on with it Nottingham Forest when they won the European Cup under Clough I think Shilton and John Robertson played not think I know 63 games that wow. season wow. you know small squads yeah I mean, players uh, nowadays they have you know all the sports science. The you know the, uh, they they are they are monitored. Yeah, uh, you know if you play international football like all the top players do, then it, it's it's uh, you know a heavy load. But I don't you know I, I I think it's excuses. I actually think it has a has a negative impact as well on the dressing room because if you, if you start telling players they're tired, then do you know what? They may think they're tired, and and it isn't just isn't just Pep. This Eddie Howe yeah. as well said this, and I was really surprised at that. Because uh, and you know you think about Newcastle, brilliant win against um, against PSG. West Ham played on the Thursday yeah, night absolutely. in Germany, in came Germany. back, and mm. you know, I didn't see David Moyes moaning it's, about it. It's a really really in, in, interesting point, and that Guardiola first made his comment about tiredness before the game at Newcastle in the Carabao Cup, which they lost. And they've subsequently mm. lost two league games. I'm not putting it down to that, but it is interesting that he made a, that he's running the risk of putting that seed into his players' minds. 
Yeah, and uh, and we know that um, you know. Listen, yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, and we know their squad is is stretched. But you know, if you look at the sort of strength and depth they have in the squad, and they're missing key players at the moment, De Bruyne and uh, you know uh, and Rodri, but they just have to get on with it. You know, the the, the squad is still big enough, still strong enough to uh, to to cope. But uh, there's a few things I'll say about Guardiola before we move on to talk about our our favorite our favorite Premier League manager, Big Ange. Um, the first thing I would say is that I think Guardiola, far be it for me to tell him how to manage his team, but I'm going to, probably needs to try and get back to that 11 as close as possible that won in the treble at the end of last season. At the end of last season, his team was pretty consistent and it had Rodri in it, who we know is, is suspended, but it had it had Grealish, is it? Grealish in it, who's not on his team at the moment. It had uh, John Stones in it, who's not on his team at the moment. Stones came on yesterday um, in the second half. And then there's other players like, obviously, uh, De Bruyne, who, who's injured. But he's gone quite a way away from that in, in lots of ways. The Kanji didn't play yesterday. So I think he maybe when when Guardiola gets back towards that team, he might see a bit more of what we expect from They've City. They've still got a pretty good team, they haven't have. they? Bernardo Silva back yesterday. I mean, I, I, I hope you're not one who's gonna one of those who's going to start riding Erling Haaland off. No, absolutely not. I mean, he was anonymous yesterday, but you, you know, you look at his, his statistics speak for him. Finally, on Guardiola, if he wants less games, then he might want to. He might want to have a word with the people at his own football club who have signed up to a bigger Champions League for next for next season onwards. There'll be more games in the Champions League from next mm-hmm. season onwards, and and I would imagine have not complained about FIFA's plan to introduce a summer club World Cup. So what do you in, want What do you want Pep to do about that then? Do you, well, he, all I'm saying is, Chris, is that it's a bit rich moaning about the... And he, he came out with this quote... So it's, who, it, it, it's who is moaning, well, who, who, out, is, who is not moaning Guardiola to, which is your issue came out issue with this then. quote about saying that maybe the players have to stand up and he said something, I'm paraphrasing, but he said if the players stand up and make a noise, then UEFA and FIFA will have to listen. But then his own football club, the people he worked for, mm. are in cahoots with those organisations for bigger tournaments that make the club more money. Do you think Pep you should criticise his, his own paymasters? You've got to look at the rounder picture. And the rounder picture is that the big clubs want to play more games because it makes them more money. Tottenham aren't in Europe. Um, some people are saying that's why they've had such a terrific start to the season. Doesn't really as a matter. country, as a country, we're not in Europe. D- correct, and we could talk about that all day. Um, and, we couldn't. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let's not go there. Let's, let's not go there. Um, Tottenham is top of the league. Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham are top of the. Did, Premier did league. I did I did I read on the back of the paper that you want you actually want Tottenham to win the Premier who, League? Who apart from fans of other teams, but who had a more who of anyone who has a more rounded view of English football would not want a team like Tottenham playing the football they play, a manager like Ange Postacoglu, the way he's doing it, who would not want them to win the league, to be a breath of fresh air for English football. So you're a Tottenham fan? Just like, still it, was, not, still just not. like it was when Leicester won the league. It would be magnificent. It won't happen, but it would be great. <laughs> so are you a Tottenham fan? No. So you're not. So we're, 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 off, we're getting there by yeah, elimination yeah, every week. Off. I think I've got an idea now. Um, You've only got eighty-four yeah, clubs to but, stick but, off. But, but you know, I sort of just sense at this moment in time that there are there's a bit of, sort of jealousy towards what Tottenham are doing. I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. Why can't we just be? happy for for Tottenham that they're playing a, and Tottenham fans are of course but you know the rest of the country I think they're becoming a little well, bit worried by well, by Poster Coglin you know his, 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 his Tottenham team I don't but there seems to be you know this this uh, well, in my mind people wanting 
football. Him to him to lose a game you or can't, two you can't and, and, Man and United fail. to be that uh, to feel that fond towards them, given that they feel they should have had a penalty there when they when they lost. You can't expect Liverpool fans to be particularly fond of them, given what happened last that week. Wasn't so, so, fault. So there is the the rivalry, but what we, I think what we're getting at here is that the, is that they're, they're great to watch. They had to tough that one out on Saturday at Luton, didn't mm. they? Didn't they? Want I knew I knew they'd win when they went down to ten. They, they missed so many chances in the first 10 minutes. He did it. Yeah. I mean, look, all right, it's up at, up at Celtic, but you wouldn't say Luton are a strong Premier League team. He did it numerous times at yeah. Celtic. Carries on uh, players being brave on the ball. Van der Ven's been Great a, 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 a pretty incredible signing yeah. for Yeah, well, the whole back four yeah. are, are, are fabulous, aren't they? Yeah. And a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, all the way throughout the team. So, you know, it's... It, it it's been a great start. I think I think they will continue, but I'll I'll still I'll always maintain this stance. They will not win the league, uh, Tottenham. There will be bumps in the road, but it does seem at this moment in time like they're they're there's on they're, there's a sort of people on the brink of of wanting this Tottenham pile on when they lose the first game or whatever. Well, people are going to pile on them. This, Come on, it's that, childish. But that's this country, Chris. Everybody likes you until you start to be successful. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. What's yeah. that, that uh, Morrissey tune? Or was it Smith's tune? We hate it when our friends become successful. I think there's something in that. No, no, you won't know not who familiar is. with that. Um, so, so, how many days have they been top? So this stack, isn't This there? is only the 74th day in top. 75th. That, yeah, that was yesterday, correct. And if mm-hmm. you're listening tomorrow, it's 76. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening on Wednesday, it's 77. Um, day in their history that Tottenham have that, ever that's been. That's an amazing stat. Yeah. Um, in the whole, so that's in the whole history, not Premier League history. And they can, and they can love it for a fortnight because we've got international. Name, so here's here's another Premier. stat for you. Na- name, oh, name, don't ask me questions. A wonderful historic club in the East who have been top for 129 days in their history. Norwich, Norwich. Oh, got go. it. Yeah, in the East, I gave, I gave it, gave it away. I we're in the Middle East, then. I was thinking, no. I'm be, I was thinking. <laughs> that's the Norwich City have been top for more days than uh, than top. That's, that is that's a good amazing. That is, good start. that is why you, that is one of the reasons that you're here. Now, <laughs> no, what I think will happen might happen in January if if Postecoglou continues this um, uh, traje- trajectory. Easy for me to say um, at the top or at the top end of the um, Premier League. If he gets to January. He's going to want a couple of players. How do you know that? Why would he not strengthen when you're strong? Is he the type of manager who will push push Daniel Levy to do that? Because you can imagine what Daniel Levy will will think of that in January. He'd probably want to. He'd probably want to take the view of no, we're doing quite all right. Thanks very much. But this is. But this is once again we're we're looking for things which. We know nothing about. But you know uh, and, about and aren't, and aren't you claim there? To. Uh, yeah, Postecoglou will. Is it, I mean, what 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 have you learned from him since he's come down south? He, he you know, he's, he's a good talker. He, he he knows what he wants. He, he's a reasonable guy. He knows when he went into uh, Tottenham. I think he must have known that you know the possibility of of losing Harry Kane. Did he panic? Did he moan about that? Did he did he complain? He just got on with uh, with, with, with with setting his team up on the pitch. And he gets on with the process. He signed Brennan Johnson. It's it's as he sees it. Do I think Tottenham will go daft in January? Absolutely not. I think he, you know, he, he seems very happy uh, with, with working what he's got. And don't don't forget, you know, players who were stars of Tottenham this season weren't getting a game under right. the under the previous Let's... regime. So 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 you know, if you're asking me, will Tottenham, uh, you know, should they bring in a, a hundred million pound player in January? That 
Absolutely okay. will let's, not happen in my view. Let's put it a different way. There's not a Tottenham manager in recent history that I can think of, and I include Pochettino in this, who at some point hasn't publicly had a little bit of to and fro with Levy. We, Le- won't, we won't see that. That's my question, because, you know, uh, Conte, uh, Mourinho, uh, Pochettino, it happens, Harry Redknapp, it happens at Tottenham, and it tends to unbalance things a little bit. Are you saying that won't happen? It, I don't think it will so happen at the, at this moment in time. Is Costa just going to be a patsy for Levy then? Oh, wow. I mean, this this is... This is remarkable. So, you know, a couple of minutes ago, I spoke about this pylon. You are now trying to manufacture things, which, which just frankly are not there. I'm not. So, I'm so, the, I'm, so, 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 Postacoglu's his own, his own person. He's, you know, very strong-minded. He knows what he wants. There would have been an agreement when he went in, in terms of recruitment. Um, he wouldn't have gone to Tottenham it had, always, had, had, had he not had certain guarantees. It always but happens it, it, at Tottenham. Yeah, it, it always happens at Tottenham, okay? And I get that. But so why are we not this time? Because I think at this moment, because there would have been an agreement between the between the two, Postacoglu will be happy um, with, with what he's got at this moment in time. But we, we don't. But we, we don't. We don't know the conversations which are which which have gone on, but. I think if if Postacoglu wants a player in a certain position, he will get one. But he will work well, will with he? he he will work within the parameters at, uh, of the club, like he did when he went to Celtic. You know, at Celtic, okay. you know, there's, okay. there's there's this sort of notion that Celtic should be buying because they're Champions League football. That Celtic should be buying twenty twenty five million pound players. That can't happen because that would that would upset the whole balance of the club, the wage structure. You know, you'd have to pay a player on twenty five million. You, so, you know, eighty uh, hundred thousand pounds. It's the, it's the same at Tottenham. Ange Postecoglou, when he got the Tottenham job, would have known the possibility that he would lose Harry Kane, Tottenham's best player, but by a, by a stretch. And he still went in and got on with so it. So what I'm saying to you, I think, and that is the kind of what I was trying to draw out of you, that kind of insight into Postecoglou's mind, because not all managers are capable of seeing the bigger picture. And you appear to, uh, in terms of a club and its health and seeing the club as a whole and the finances, they're very selfish, they care about themselves and what they can get seems to me that you're saying that Postacoglu is mature enough and is the type of guy who will be able to look at that bigger picture when the, when those conversations take place. Yeah, I, right. I think that, he, you know, yeah. on, on the face of it, everything he's said since he's, you know, come down south, you know, I, I think he's very reasonable. I don't think he's he's someone who will sort of chuck tantrums out there like Conte and, yeah. and Mourinho when things aren't yeah. going well. I, th- I think okay. he's I think he's more of a guy actually who would who would take responsibility when results aren't going well and and blame himself. You know what? Mourinho okay. was a winger. Conte was a, a winger. They are totally different characters. Let's watch this space. A few comments on Foster Cogley and Spurs on Twitter. Um, Beat Poet uh, says, Spurs have got one game a week. He means no European football, which is a big plus against the teams who are playing in Europe. Humble Frog on Twitter, does not a single commentator believe Spurs can win the league? Seems seems not. Um, And William on Twitter says, I think Big Ange will be the next England manager. Now that would be intriguing, an Australian uh, as an England coach. Is that impossible? No, not impossible at all. Eddie, Eddie Jones. Manchester United... Got a, well, Eddie Jones turned out to be a better coach for England than he did, did for his own country. Yeah, but uh, he's still... Correct. Us, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're that. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. 
Manchester United, last minute winner. Some people say it was only Brentford. That's a load of old nonsense. Last Who minute- said that? People. Uh, <laughs> people. Who? Noise. Who? Social Who? media. You know I get all my information from social media. Right. Um, but last minute winners are the best, aren't they? Whoever you support, whoever you're playing for, last minute winners are the best. You must have scored one or two. <laughs> Must yeah, scored. Yeah, no, yeah. Scored. I mean, that's like the ultimate adrenaline yeah. size, isn't it? Yeah, I thought. I I thought. I know you're a big fan of Ten Hag, and uh, I I still think he needs time. I I think actually McTominay's double. You know, we may look back as a, a, a certainly a turning point this season for Ten Hag because I think mm. had he lost that game, honestly, the next game was Sheffield United. They're not got a result there. I think it could have turned really, and really ugly. Intro, and then I think they're into a Manchester derby. Yeah, they, well, think. well, there you go. So I, I think it could have got really, really ugly. So I think Ten Hag would have, you know, been breathing a huge sigh of relief after the game. Yeah, I, I don't know if it will be a turning point. I don't know if they look good enough yet for that to be a turning I, point. I, I agree with that. You know. But just to give himself a little bit of breathing space, a bit of sort of respite, because, you know, they were under the pump. When, when you look at the games that they that they lost, right? Mm. You're talking about the Manchester derby. When you look that they lost to uh, to to Crystal Palace. All right, Crystal Palace, well organised. And then Galatasaray. Oh, yeah. I mean that's oh, yeah. in, in the, the grand of the scheme battle. of things that is you yeah. know that that they're, they're catastrophic results based on what we've seen um, now, you know earlier this season. The Manchester United Twitter feed were doing the best yesterday uh, and on Saturday I think to kind of uh, big up their goalkeeper by showing a couple of really routine saves that he made towards the end of the game and the, the title was something like you know Anana keep keeping the lads in it or something. Now we know what that's all about. We know what's behind all that. Anana. Really, really struggling. Another error. Can Ten Hag actually drop him? Is he at that point where he's got to make that call? Do you know the name of Manchester United's second goalkeeper? I've looked. That's a really good question. I know why you're asking it. Um, no, and that and and but I know where you're coming from. It's not an established name, and you're mm-hmm. suggesting there's no one to step into the to the breach. Um, I, I, I I am. Uh, I think his name is Bayinda. Mm. Okay, and but in truth. I had to look it up. Yeah, sure. You, you know, I did. And, you know, you talk about, you know, we've had this great debate about Arsenal having two uh, yeah. excellent goalkeepers. I, my, my worry with Anana, honestly, and you, you went early on this and then you sort of change your mind. You like to Not sort true. of go back and forth Not true. Um, on it. But, Not true. but I think Anana is okay with his feet. And, and, I, and I do. I think he's okay with his feet. But, You've actually got to use your hands and be quite good with, you, with with your hands, and I don't think he is. And and, and that, you know, I know, I know, you know, you watch match of the day, and people like to strip goals back and say, well, there was a mistake in midfield, misplaced mm. pass, and you know, Lindelof could have done better. Bottom line is, over the years, Manchester United have had great goalkeepers, you know, uh, Schmeichel, and you know, even even uh, De Gea. You know, De Gea was a, was a, was a far better goalkeeper than Anana. But if Anana just does his job, and it wasn't a you know a difficult save to make, then there's there's not an issue. So I think he is bringing increased pressure on the whole team. And look, the truth is 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 there aren't many Manchester United players who are performing at this moment in time. But he is not good enough for Manchester United. They have made a major rick getting him in. You're saying that um, you mentioned Michael. That Peter Michael said on the radio yesterday that. He thinks Anana is unsettling the whole team. Mm. Um, now, um, 
and there might be a decision to be made for uh, Mikel Arteta on uh, David Ray soon as well. But we're not going to go back to one of our favourite subjects today because you, you love it when he's when he you love it because you 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 whack on the old group Arteta's chat every time Ray, to... Ray is in. I basically I I, I you were right. Well, I was right because he's still not subbed him on and off like he said he would during the game. But I think he might have to make a decision on Ray soon. Um, now the winning goal at United, I particularly liked because it uh, it was built by two Ten Hag outcasts. I mean, Ten Hag wants. Uh, or wanted Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay out mm. of the football club in January in uh, in August to enable them to bring players in. It didn't happen. Uh, desperate uh, times call for desperate measures. They're both on the pitch late on Saturday. Free kick. Maguire heads it on. McTominay heads it in. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the last uh, few minutes and, and Manchester United and the way they played. You know, they they actually brought off the bench. Um, You'd say sort of um, more, uh, not not more attack-minded players, but more creative players, Anthony and Garnacho, but they actually just lumped it yeah, towards it. the end. Just, lump, lump, lump just it lumped it Wimbledon style lump, lump it into the man. box, knocked down football. And do you know what? I'm it worked. It. It's, no, no, and do you know what? It's about finding a way, isn't it? And, and, and that's, it's a last resort. You can't beat a good big man. Martin O'Neill used to do it at Leicester, didn't you're he? Really shoved the, shoved the three, you're shoved really, the three. You're really snobby the three. about you're A really good big, and you know this, a good big and's better than a good little. Yeah, but not an excellent little. You're, um, you're, you're snobby about direct football. We've had this before about Sam Allardyce. You're really, I bet, yeah, no, no, I bet you hated no, that it's about, goal. No, it's you about, well, that well, 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 hang on a minute. Look across. I'm six foot six. Yeah. Six foot four. Yeah. Six or three and a half. I am in, yeah, in truth. But you know, it, it is about finding a way. And I, I quite liked. It. I've got to say, the quality of McTominay's first goal as well. So McTominay was obviously the hero of that game. He was the one who scored the two goals. He was the one who got all the glory afterwards. I was particularly interested in the manner in which he found some inspiration the night before the game. And here he is talking to the BBC. You've been here long enough, you've been a fan long enough to know that that sort of stoppage time and that kind of ending under Sir Alex Ferguson was the Man United way. It was called Fergie time. Yeah. It did feel a bit like the old days at the end there today. Yeah, I was watching Beckham's documentary last night and he was always looking at his watch like that and just shows you that today you, you score the last minute winner, which is which is brilliant. But as I say, we have to forget about that after the international break. It's a good moment for me and the team, but we just need to kick on. I think that's most important. Uh, Scott McTominay plays for Scotland, uh, as we know, but he was actually born in Lancaster and was a, uh, a product of the United Youth Academy. So he obviously got United in his blood. I like the fact that he admits that he, he had a look at some of United's history the night before, watched the Beckham documentary, took inspiration from it, because not all players do. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, uh, Fernando Torres, when he went to Liverpool, said that he'd really read up on the history of the football club, really kind of wanted to understand what it meant before he got there. Um, and thought that really contributed to his success at the, at Anfield. His goals helped as well, but the the cop really took to him for that. Interestingly, a couple of years ago, I sat down with Trent Trent Alexander Arnold, who's obviously a local lad, a scouser, and I asked him a little bit about taking inspiration from previous uh, Liverpool teams and whether he'd l- watched a lot of it. And he admitted to me quite openly that he hadn't really gone back any further than about 1990, which means that he hadn't watched uh, the great you know Graeme Souness side, he hadn't watched Dalglish, he hadn't watched Keegan, he hadn't watched uh, Toshak, he hadn't watched um, players like that. And I thought that was really, really interesting that some players embrace it and others, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't mean less to, but they just, they just choose not to go there. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, from a, from a personal uh, point of view, you know, I started my career at Norwich. I was brought up at Norwich. I, you know, I have to say I wouldn't, you know, wasn't massively into the history of the club. Went to Blackburn, was aware of, you know, a little bit of the history, one of the tra- one of the traditional, um, you know, clubs Blackburn Rovers were. And then up, up at Celtic, um, when I went up there, I had, I had more to worry about than, than Celtic's history because you know I'd had mm. a bad season at, at Chelsea. But I was I was really aware as soon as soon as I went up there about the history and the importance of the Lisbon Lions '67, um, and their standing at the club and the you know the standards which they set and and being around a lot of the Lisbon Lions. Um, you know, John, John Clark yeah. was the centre half. Um, he was the kit man at that particular time. Billy McNeil actually got my children into into school in Glasgow. Bert the old, you know, a lot of the lines, uh, you know, uh, hung around at the club and and were a, a, a great influence and a great inspiration. But you didn't feel the need to kind of go up there and buy yourself a, uh, a Lisbon Lions DVD or Betamax tape, as it might be then. In- put it into the telly and, and sit and watch it. And that's not a criticism. I'm just interested. No, to that was, a, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't brought up in, you know, yeah. in, in Glasgow <clears throat> and, you know, in, in and around uh, Scottish football or, or, or Celtic, but being up there, you know, you, you soon become aware of how important the history uh, is to the club. Was Michael Beale been in touch since last no, week? No, no, Mick. <clears throat> Side Joe Bob hasn't been in touch. Really? He must have lost, yeah. he must have lost your number. Yeah, well, I don't, don't think he ever had it. It was interesting after after he said, uh, "Man, I haven't got it either." Um, given what he said about you being kind of the worst player ever to play for Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, I did have a little look at some of the lists that people have compiled out. Look there. how look at look at your face. I mean, <laughs> people are face. listening. Look at his face. People listening to this yeah. won't see your face, but when you, little, when you talk little, about things which haven't quite gone for me, your face, little tribute to your Fanny face Look up. at his face. Look at his Go face. Um, I did have a little look. I might have been prompted by somebody within this oh, building dear. to do so. And it's, it, I was a bit disappointed, actually, because I couldn't find you top of any list. You're pretty high on some of them. Um, I think you're number two on the Suns one, the one that the Sun did. I think you were number oh, two. Yeah, well, that, um, that's a mess. But others had you way down at 18 and 19. I mean, oh, they have, tell dear. you what, they've signed some duds over the years, haven't they? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, they really have signed some duds over the years. I think, I, in fairness company. to me, in fairness to me, I think I started the curse of the number nines. You are I think in, I was, I was, you know, I was sort of leading there. You're in good company that. on that list, I have to say. Some pretty glamorous names. Thank now, you. you mentioned it briefly there can't finish this one without talking about my predictions because you hammered me last week for getting three out of out of nine no but i only hammered you because i know how difficult it is but you know you're a little guy with a big ego and you know you you thought it's a breeze and it's not and you urged me to have another go Mm. which is what i did Last week, and I was back homes, we were doing this little pod, and I got very bullish and started predicting all the weekend scores and thought I'd get them all right and win a fortune and all the rest of it. And got what did I get out of ten? What did I get out of the out of the nine? You got three three out of nine on an easy week. Yeah, although you if are... I'd have do, if I'd have done Fulham Chelsea, I would have gone for Chelsea. So really, it was four out of ten. <laughs> so very 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 quickly. So I will say that Spurs will win at Luton, that Chelsea wow. will win at Burnley. That Everton wow. will draw draw at home with Bournemouth. Fulham will draw at home with Sheffield United. Man United will beat Brentford somehow. Based uh, on what? Pa- based on throwing a dart at the wall and see where it lands. <laughs> Man United will beat better. Brentford. Palace will draw at home with Forest. Liverpool will win at Brighton with no replay required. Um, uh, West Ham will draw at home with Newcastle. Um, Villa will win at Wolves. 
and Arsenal and City would be a draw. Oh, you are kidding me. You are kidding me. I thought I'd put I thought I'd put Villa and Wolves down as a draw. So you got you got oh, I so you got as six. So you got fifty percent there. Which oh. but that's but for for someone like you, no, for I'm so, devastated. For by someone that. like you, fifty percent I think is good. I'm that's probably your your devastated you'll ever by get. that because I checked out your predictions that you do for the BBC, which you tend to keep very quiet, and you got five. You got five. Yeah, we, so as we well. got the same, and, yeah, and, and you and you are getting the bunting I out. Thought I thought Wolves and Villa was a draw. Yeah. I was convinced I had six. I was I, I was I was really unlucky because I'm devastated I, by that. I, I had uh, Newcastle two, West Ham one, and well, West Ham got lucky. It's just lucky, the wrong result. Lucky goal. Uh, it's just the wrong pick. Um, anyway, I know I'm going to get 100 this weekend because I know for a fact that England will beat Australia on Friday <laughs> night. Um, now, moments of the week. You first. Um, well, have you heard of a guy called Rob Street? <laughs> no. See, th- this is the Where thing. Is, is it we're supposed to be football experts? Who Rob who's Street. Rob Street? Rob Street is is my guy of the week. Cheltenham Town. Oh, okay, let's have this. So you know, you like know, it. you know that story. No, I don't. I don't do, know do the you story. Do you not follow the? I mean, you're you're elitist, aren't you? You're a little elitist, snob. Um, you are. Uh, Cheltenham scored a, li- a little scored, elitist. Scored. I am a little elitist <laughs> and a little elitist. <laughs> that was more the second one. So Cheltenham Town scored their first league goal of. The season they'd gone eleven games, eleven games without a goal. Without a goal. Well, I mean, that's that, that's Rob- like Chelsea early nineties, <laughs> mid nineties, late nineties. Uh, wrong again. Yeah. Uh, and he scored their first goal. Now that is, but there's no way you found that on your own. There's no way you found. I, that I, on your own. I don't Someone's find anything out on my own. That. See, I do all this myself. All of this preparation, all this work, all this research, all these mm. questions is all me. You just get things. I think you just get things mm. fed to you. I had a, I just I had a bad managerial experience at Cheltenham for, for Lincoln. I, we, we we ended up losing one. Then I got up to berate one of my own players. You fell over. And no, and I they had a cast iron, a, an iron <laughs> smack head <laughs> on the dugout, and all I turned around and all the subs. <laughs> All the, what, your subs, subs? All, the, all the subs are sniggering. I, I want to swear now. I can't tell you what I said to and them. I bet, you, I bet you can remember the names of all those subs to this day. I can remember the, the guys sniggering. And I, I, I there yeah, on the kitchen wall. Wasn't happy. Now, my moment of the week was um, a very, very nice goal for um, Mohamed Kudos of West Ham, equalising goal against Newcastle. Kudos. And, and when he did, is that wrong? Think so. Kudos. Are we going to have to, re- we going to, have to re- re-record this bit, or is that? We get his name right. I mean, you, you've not heard of Cheltenham Town, and you don't know one of West Ham's biggest ever signings. Anyway, so he, so he, kudos to kudos. So he was, he was asked by the BBC in his post-match um, uh, interview how he was finding the Premier League, and he just said, "Very nice." Like, that's good, yeah. That, but, that's, like, but that, but that's like the yes, type of thing yes. that you say when you're kind of trying on a new pair yeah. of trousers. Oh, very, yeah. oh yes, very nice, very nice. Mm. How do you find the Premier League? Very nice. Yeah, and it so, will feel very nice. So you've got that just was a fine goal. Just one moment this week. Yeah, I haven't you got words? One. Yes, lazy I have. journalism. Uh, yeah. I've got another one. Just quickly, Everton. What? Everton winning every time Everton. Everton win every time Everton win because you've written them off. You're not a fan of Sean Dyche. Um then winning. I love it when they win. You said they're going down. 
Oh, I think they'll go down. So last week, they might go down. Last week, when we had your moment of the week, you just said the Fonz and Tottenham, which I had to explain. Now your moment of the week is Everton. Well, your your moment of the week, you can't even get the guy's name right, and and like the you know two words he said. We'll come back. What a week you've had. We'll come back to that one. On that um, moment of um, of personal despair. I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll um, wind this one up. Um, thanks for being with us, mm. as always. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, wherever you find your podcast, we're grateful that you went there. Um, we have a nice comment here from DDLUFC on Apple Podcasts who said, uh, we are the Rod Hull and Emu of the podcast world trying to work out who has his hand up the backside of the other. Um, I couldn't work out at first whether that was a nice review or not, but he gave us five stars, so we're all we're all for that. Thank you, thank you very much. And no, we don't we don't have an answer. Um, well, I do. Yeah, you probably do, but we probably don't need to hear it. Um, anyway, please um, remember to to download the Mail Plus app and subscribe to that if you will for all your breaking sports news. You want to go to Mail Online on Thursday. Chris and I will get together on Zoom for our It's All Coming Up preview show we'll be looking forward to a weekend of international football while our Premier League has a rest but most of all please remember to be back here next week um, for the next episode of this lovely show I'm Ian Laderman the chap to my left with the sore head is Chris Sutton and this has been It's All Kicking Off ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.